Welcome to Worldwide Wonderful Women, a podcast for your living in divine power when yours is diminished. A podcast where encouragers receive encouragement. We understand these are hard times. You may find that it is becoming more of a challenge for you to remain strong as you give of yourself continuously. That's why this is the place to join other women globally who face the same challenges as you. So join us regularly to receive biblical insight not to faint, but to stand strong. This is the podcast to be rejuvenated and revitalized. Now, let's join our host, Paula Harris. Hi, this is episode number 149 of Worldwide Wonderful Women, and the title of this episode is The Bride of Christ, Part 3. I made reference how much attention was given to the royal wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in May, and in light of that, I thought that we would look at how the Jewish wedding is a picture of what God the Father is doing with Christ and the church. In the Bible, Christ represents the bridegroom, and the church, made up of all believers, represent the bride of Christ. If you are single, divorced, or widow, the inspiration for this month is still for you because it's for all believers. And if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, I pray that you will be by going to our website, given at the end of this podcast, and seeing what it says in regards to receiving Jesus Christ. Now, if we're going to understand what the Jewish wedding means in regards to us as the body of Christ today, we have to look at the ancient Jewish marriage ceremony. And even though this ceremony has been explained in different ways, we understand that our modern wedding ceremony and even the modern Jewish wedding ceremony is totally different from how that ancient Jewish marriage ceremony was carried out. So you'll hear a whole lot of different things in regards to the Jewish wedding ceremony, depending on what age or what time frame you are reflecting or referring to. Okay, so now let's look at the next step in regards to the ancient Jewish wedding ceremony. If you missed the other steps, please go back and listen to the other weeks so that you would be able to catch up with us. We started this whole topic at the beginning of June. The next step would be the fetching of the bride. At a time determined by the father, the groom fetches the bride to bring her to his father's house. Although the bride was expecting her groom to come for her, she doesn't know the time of his coming. As a result, The groom's arrival is preceded by a shout, which forewarned the bride to be prepared for his coming. In connection with this step, two other things should be noted. First, it was the father of the groom who determined the timing. Second, prior to the groom's leaving to fetch the bride, he must have already prepared a place for her to live. So on the wedding day, the groom would go to the home of the bride to fetch her to his home. 
This would lead to a bridal procession, and that is what is found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. In this verse, we see that the groom had left and he is now coming back with the bride. The virgins do not represent the church. The virgins go out to meet the groom as he is returning to his home with the bride. Well, this application to the bride of Christ is the rapture of the church. The fetching of the bride of Christ will be by the rapture of the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 to 18 is one that you should read when you get a chance. In verse 13, the question is asked, what about the dead saints? Will they miss out on the benefits of the rapture? Will only the living ones benefit? And then in verse 14 to 15, Paul states that they will not miss out on the benefits of the rapture, but they will begin to receive the benefits even before the living believers do. Then in verses 16 to 17, he spells out the seven steps by which the rapture will occur. First, Christ will come from heaven into the earth's atmosphere, and in that sense will enter into the realm of the home of the bride. Second, he will then give a shout. The Greek word used is the word that means a military command. He will issue the command as a military general does for the procession to begin. Third will be the voice of the archangel. The archangel is Michael, and here he is pictured as the sub-commander who will repeat the order of the chief commander. And then fourth, will come the trump of God. After the sub-commander issues his orders, the trumpeter will issue his calls so that the soldiers would know what to do. So the trump of God will then sound. Fifth, the dead in Christ will rise first. This is why the dead will not miss out on the benefits of the rapture because they will receive it first by being raised first. Six, those who are alive will be caught up or raptured to meet Christ in the air. Seven, the believers will ever be with the Lord. And from then on, the believers will be with him because he is the believer's husband or bridegroom. So as you look at verse 18, it should be a word of comfort for all of us who have believing friends and relatives that have now passed away. They will someday be resurrected. And if we're alive when Jesus comes back, our bridegroom, then we will join him in that rapture. Remember how we said the father determines the time that the bridegroom would go and fetch the wife? Well, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, it says, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Isn't that awesome? And then John chapter 14, verse 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. In addition, I want to share briefly the next step that takes place after this, and it is when the bride is cleansed. 
And so the bride undergoes a ritual cleansing prior to the wedding ceremony. Now, I know you probably said, well, wait a minute, I'm getting confused. Just hang in here with me and I'll explain the difference with the ancient Jewish ceremony, that there's a wedding ceremony and there's the wedding feast. And I will continue to give you the steps so that it will all make sense. So hang in there with me this month. In regards to us as the body of Christ, after the fetching of the bride into heaven, there will come a final point of cleansing or sanctification. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15, where it describes the judgment seat of Christ when the wood, hay, and stubble will be burnt away and the gold, silver, and precious stones will remain. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 to 58, the church will indeed be glorified because at that point, mortality will put on immortality and corruption will put on incorruption. Revelations chapter 19, verse 7 to 8 says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. You as a believer are the bride of Christ. And as we go over this ancient wedding ceremony and see how it relates to us, I hope that you find comfort and strength and encouragement in understanding these different steps and how they relate to you. I would like to say Happy Father's Day to all of the natural and spiritual fathers that are out there also. Have a wonderful day. Well, until the next time, smile. Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening to Worldwide Wonderful Women. We trust you enjoyed the program. Please take a moment to leave us a good rating and review on iTunes to help us continually encourage others around the globe. We also invite you to go to TWMforJesus.org. That's T-W-M, like in Mary, F-O-R-J-E-S-U-S dot O-R-G to download your free gift and see other resources to help you live in divine power. And oh, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, be strong and of good courage.